Hi, I'm Farrah Lamadeus. And I'm Clint Jordan. And I'm Joe Maggio. And we are the next guests on On Screen and Beyond. On Screen and Beyond, an inside look into the entertainment world featuring interviews with people from the movie, TV, and music industry, news on upcoming TV and DVD releases, and the rumor mill. And now, here's the host of On Screen and Beyond, Brian Zemrak. Thank you for joining us once again here on On Screen and Beyond. If you're new, welcome, and I hope you enjoy this show, and I hope you'll keep listening and checking our past episodes of On Screen and Beyond, because we have over 669, because this is episode 669, and go back and listen to all those episodes, all these great people we've had over the years, and I'm sure you'll find somebody who you enjoy listening to, so be sure to check that out at onscreenorbeyond.com or on your favorite podcast provider. You'll see them all there. But this is, like I said, episode 669 of the show that keeps you updated on what's coming your way as far as upcoming new movies, remakes, sequels, and TV and movie DVD releases, as well as our interview segment with a guest from the movie, TV, or music industry. This week on On Screen and Beyond, we now once again have three guests at one time. We have the director and the stars, or a couple of the stars, of the Slam Dance Film Festival World premiere film Bliss, and they are all co-writers of the film. It's Joe Maggio and also Clint Jordan and Farrell Amadeus. They're going to be joining us in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, and uh, it's, it's a very interesting and fun interview, so be sure to check it out. It's coming up in a few minutes right here on On Screen and Beyond, and I hope you're having a good week since our last episode of On Screen and Beyond, and uh, be sure to... Uh, like I say, check all those out because there's a lot of good stuff out there that we've had over the years. A lot of your favorite stars, uh, music stars, and everything else, rock stars. and uh, It's uh, just something that uh, you should check out and uh, listen to some of these people tell their stories. But... We have some interesting things coming our way as far as remakes, sequels, and prequels, and uh, we'll get into that in just a moment, but I uh, want to remind you, if you have a chance, to like us on Facebook, Twitter, X, whatever, and, uh, you know, we're Instagram, too, we're there, and when we post something, it'd be great if you could turn around and send it out, too, you know? Like it, friend it, whatever they do to it. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but get that out there. And I want to remind you, too, to uh, be sure to get your On Screen and Beyond swag. You can get it at onscreenandbeyond.com. And top of the page, you'll see On Screen and Beyond merchandise. And there you can get your mugs. I got a mug, co- coffee mug right in front of me here. And it's got the, uh, the new logo without the background on it. Uh, but we also, uh, you could get the one with the uh, logo on the on it, the new logo with the back blue burst background on it, or you can get the original on screen and beyond logo. So a lot of things you can check out, t-shirts, hats, everything. And we're going to give you a chance to win yourself some merchandise right here for free from on screen and beyond in the next week or so. I'm getting things finalized here. We are going to have a contest and uh, it's going to it's not going to be like a one-time thing. It's going to uh, take a, probably a month. I'm guessing a month to uh, do all the things you have to do to be entered into the contest. It's a crossword puzzle 
type thing. And uh, we'll give you the, uh, you know, go to On Screen and Beyond when we post it up there. I'll probably put it on some of the socials too. Uh, But uh, you can download this crossword puzzle and then it's going to have questions, you know, like a regular crossword puzzle. And to get the answer, you, uh, if you've been listening to On Screen or Beyond, you'll, you may know these answers without uh, going back into our archives, our reruns, and uh, checking them out. But all the information you'll, you'll need as far as getting the answer will be on those uh, old episodes. So, And we'll tell you even what episode it's on. So you just got to go and check those out, get the answers, and then we'll have you send it in. And then we'll have a drawing of all the correct crossword puzzles. All right. So uh, that's coming up in uh, another week or so. I got to get, like I say, get things finalized and uh, figure out all the questions and everything. So, uh, and you can win yourself a, uh, you know, some merchandise from On Screen and Beyond and uh, have nice logos, t-shirts, whatever. I'm not sure what we're going to be giving yet. That's uh, some more things I have to figure out, but uh, it's coming up very shortly. So I hope you'll be ready for that. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So uh, we'll see what we can do. And what do you say? Let's get right into it. It is time for remakes, sequels, and prequels right here on On Screen and Beyond. Remake, sequels, and prequels. David Gordon Green has left the Exorcist sequel, and a new director is now being searched for. And Danny Boyle and Alex Garland are joining forces once again for a sequel to 28 Days Later, and it's going to be called 28 Days. Years later. And Greta Gerwig's, of course, she did Barbie. And, uh, you know, her, her next project is The Chronicles of Narnia for Netflix. So we'll see what she does with that. And Lucas Gage of Fargo will star alongside Naomi Scott in a sequel to Smile. And it looks like Ghostbusters Frozen Empire has been moved from a March 29th release date to a March 22nd date. They've moved it up. And uh, that's it. That's it for remake sequels, and prequels. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, upcoming new movies. Upcoming new movies. Well, this one could have gone in the last uh, segment, but uh, I didn't, wasn't sure where to put it. But John Favreau will direct, produce, the new Star Wars film called Mandalorian and Grogu. And on April 19th, the horror film Abigail will be hitting theaters, and it stars Melissa Barrera and Dan Stevens as a group of would-be criminals kidnap a 12-year-old gangster's daughter, and they get more than they, uh, you know, had figured on. John Krasinski and Natalie Portman will star in Guy Ritchie's Fountain of Youth, And you can look for Nicolas Cage to return to the screen to star in Dream Scenario. Now, this one's about a biologist whose work is repeatedly stolen by other scientists, and he starts to appear in other people's dreams. And that's it for upcoming new movies next on On Screen and Beyond. It's movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Movies on TV and DVD and streaming. It looks like on February 2nd, you can look for Paramount Plus to start streaming the animated original film, The Tiger's Apprentice, with voices of Lucy Liu and Michelle Yeoh. 
February 16th, it looks like Apple TV Plus will show the dynasty New England Patriots. And obviously, they're not talking about this year's team, but, uh, you know, that's what they're going to be doing. And Wednesday, the first season comes to Blu-ray and DVD on March 26th. Rick and Morty, the complete seventh season, goes to Steelbook Edition, Blu-ray and DVD on March 12th. And the action-packed suspense film, One More Shots hits digital on January 16th. And that's it for movies and TV on DVD and streaming. Coming up next on On Screen or Beyond, it's TV and Entertainment Time. Hi, this is Donnie Most, and I'm on On Screen and Beyond. TV and Entertainment Time, it looks like The Good Doctor will end its run on ABC with Season 7, which is the upcoming season. And Station 19 is also going to be ending, and CBS's Young Sheldon, SWAT, and SEAL Team are also heading out the door. And production will be starting up for another season of The Night Agent for Netflix with a new list of recruits. And that's it for TV and Entertainment Time. Coming up next on On Screen and Beyond, we sit down with director and stars of the movie Bliss, which was going to be having its world premiere at Slam Dance Film Festival on uh, you know January 19th, so be sure to check that out. It's going to be coming out in theaters, too. Uh, also, uh, we have Joe Maggio, Clint Jordan, and Farrell Amadeus. Next, right here on On Screen and Beyond. On this episode of On Screen and Beyond, our guests are all from the Slam Dance world premiere film Bliss, which will be shown on Friday, January 19th at the Utah Film Festival. We have the co-writers of the film, director Joe Maggio, and stars Clint Jordan and Farrell Amadeus. Welcome to On Screen and Beyond to all of you. Thank you. Glad to be Thanks here. Thanks for having us. Now, uh, let's start off. Joe, you can start with this one. Um, since you're the director, and uh, give us a sort of a light recap of the, what the movie is about, and uh, you know, without giving everything away, because I hate giving everything away. <laughs> I'll do my best. <laughs> um, so it's it's it's. Uh, I, I'll say up front, this is a um, a sequel to my very first film, which was made in 2001, starring Clint Jordan. Um, who uh, comes back and and we pick up uh, uh, Clint's story as Virgil Bliss uh, over 20 years later. And it's a story of a guy, fugitive, living off the grid um, in the desert, sort of north of Los Angeles. And um, uh, he's... uh, He's sort of stuck in a rut. He's really not going anywhere. um, And something happens and suddenly he has to take action and, and, uh, and, and, uh, and that's where, where, where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, you, you wrote the original one, the, the original uh, 
version of the movie? Not this movie, I, but the first one. Correct. Well, you know, it's interesting. I, I yes, I did write the the uh, Virgil Bliss, and then after I wrote it, I brought it to the actors, and we we really just we workshopped it and tore it apart. And so it really was kind of a, a, a group effort. And for this, for Bliss, um, we we used the same um, the same. We took the same approach where really we just started. I started with Clint and Farrell, and we all. Um, sort of, you know, created the story um, through starting with just, you know, general discussions about what kind of story we wanted to tell, what kind of film we were interested in. Um, and then we got more and more specific as time went on, who these characters were, um, why, you know, what, what are they doing? Why are they doing it? So um, I'm not I'm not the sole writer. Mm-hmm. This this was um, written by by Clint and Farrell and myself. Yeah. Yeah. Now, Clint, how was it? After what? How many years was it? Back? <laughs> over over twenty years <laughs> to yeah, come back and yeah. play this character once again. Uh, it was really exciting. I have to say that um, you know we were uh, talking earlier about when you say goodbye to a character, uh, it's really hard as an actor, especially one that you really um, you really relate to, like I did uh, Virgil, and to be reunited in a sense. 20 years later, uh, was, uh, exciting and also kind of a challenge because I've changed a lot <laughs> and I assume Virgil has changed a lot too. So it was Virgil, the original character filtered through your know, 20 years of his life. I, we had to, as we were starting to write the story, we had to sort of map it out. Like what's happened to him in the, in the year that we left him in New York city. Uh, and he's moved now out to, the West coast, the living off the grid in the desert, what's happened to him all these years and who is he now? You know, because so in all of our lives, we look back uh, on pictures of us ourselves 20 years ago and oftentimes just don't recognize ourselves. And I think for Virgil, it, it's the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it was, it, it was really exciting. I, I really enjoyed it. And what was really nice was the reunion with Joe and <clears throat> Harlan Bosmajan who, um, the cinematographer who shot the original uh, Virgil Bliss, and he he also shot Bliss. So um, it was exciting to work with Joe and Harlan again. Um, it seemed like yesterday. Obviously, we've all been in touch every day, and then to work with Farrell because we we'd worked together earlier, and um, it was such a trusting relationship. We were able to just really jump into the story and not have all that time it takes oftentimes on a set to get to know each other. And uh, this kind of story is, is, is intimate and, uh, and vulnerable. And I think in, when you're telling those kind of stories, to have that kind of trust is a, is, um, is a blessing, really. Mm-hmm. Now, now Farrell, how'd you get dragged in with these two guys? <laughs> <laughs> it was a punishment. Um, I, uh, I did a scene with Clint in an acting class and we loved working together so much that we started working on another film and which was my film. And then we were excited to work with Joe because Joe and Clint had such a strong collaboration. So then we fused and it's been really exciting. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Now, Farrell, for for one of the writers, I was surprised when I started watching the movie 
And like I say, I don't want to give anything away, so I got to be careful how I, I word Ooh, this. <laughs> but being one of the writers, I first thought, wow, she didn't write, you know, a big part for herself. I, you know, quick and easy done. And, and, and then, and then all of a sudden it's like, whoa, <laughs> tricky. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I said, give me two. Right. <laughs> So you, did you all, you know, decide on this or did you take parts to write the story? You know what? Can I just, I want to ask Clinton Farrell. I think we can give that away, right? That, that, you know, about who plays Amy and Joe. I think, I think just for the purpose of, of discussion. What well, do you sure. Think? Yeah. So, sure. Yeah. I think yeah. So, so, so. I play one sister and then I play another sister. <laughs> and and you nailed it. I mean, it, they were oh. two completely different people. I mean, <laughs> thank you, Brian. That's nice. Thank you. Yeah, it's like, like I say. Oh. I didn't know. I didn't want to give that away. You know, about not. I mean, not about you nailing it, but <laughs> but about you oh. playing the two parts. And you and you did an excellent job. Thank you. They're based mm -hmm. on people that I know in real life a little bit, and um, they're two very different people. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. yeah absolutely. You know, Brian, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm curious. And I, I'll ask Clint and Farrell, you know what, when did we decide to do that? That, that Farrell would play both sisters? Cause that wasn't the intention. Was it from the beginning? I, I, I know I always, I've always loved the idea of playing around like that. I'm, I'm a big Buñuel fan, you know, in that obscure object of desire, he has a different actress playing the same character and I thought, I thought that's so cool. And I always wanted to do something like that. But I, I was thinking about it yesterday. I can't recall how we came up with the, came to, was it just to save money on actors? I mean, that, that, I think it was you, Joe, actually, that suggested it and, uh, and, and used as a, as an example. And, and then we, we kind of ran with it. Um, we, I think as the story was starting to develop, um, the original story was was a little bit different than than obviously the one that uh, we shot, you know, and uh, and it went through all of these changes, at, you know, in that process. But you suggested it, and I think Farrell kind of ran with it, and then you created these incredible characters, <laughs> just just really, I. I I mean, I I know you, and <laughs> seeing the two the difference in the two characters was really remarkable. That's nice. Thanks. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's you know you see this uh, happen a lot on soap operas. You know, the person plays a dual role, and I'm always amazed how well people can do do that. You know, be totally different. You know, <laughs> and 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 it, it was great. It was very, very good. Yeah. And now were you actually wrapped up in those sheets <laughs> and being lugged <laughs> by, <laughs> by Clint? Yeah. It was. was. Yep. Okay. Thought I recognized your feet. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Those were my little footsies. Um, yeah. yeah, that was fun. Um, I, my kids watched some of this movie or the trailer or something and, um, they were like, so weirded out they were like are you being put in that hole and i said i was and they said did they bury you and i said a little bit they buried me they threw dirt on me for sure 
And it, I said, was it and scary? It was really, and I said, yes, it was. Yeah. It was, it was, we wanted to make it, we, you know, you see movies all the time and, and, uh, from seeing someone drink out of a coffee cup that you know there's nothing in it, you know, like I hate that. <laughs> yeah, no, it's the worst. Can you just put some water in it for God's sake Why or anything? You know? Why would you just have somebody? Well, you know when know. when they were thro- uh, when the dirt was being thrown on, uh, I could hear. And it really did sound like it was landing, you know, not it, like it was an added thing later with sound effects. It really actually sounded like there was, you know, the dirt was being thrown in the hole. Yeah, and it was. And she, Farrell was, I mean, not to be too method, <laughs> method, method here, but the reality was that we really did that. We really carried, we wanted to see someone it's very difficult to, you know, to do that, you know, in real life. Right. And, and Farrell, you were there, you were laying there in the backseat of the car for, I don't know how many hours when we were shooting these scenes and then, and then out in the desert. Well, I hours. love laying down, anything laying down. <laughs> I mean, but, laying down but and you did it well. And I have Thank to say you. that, this is my I favorite interview was, so far. <laughs> yeah, right. Come on. But it was intense. It was, you know, I. It was very sad because of how we did it. Uh, the the whole idea. I still had that, the smell of the earth. You know, sitting in in you know, and and we did it sort of chronologically. So it was very. Um, affecting to me because going through that sequence was sad. Even when you're, even when you go through it, it really evokes a lot of emotion in you to, to even go through the motions, even if you're not, even if you weren't invested in that story or, or what was happening, mm-hmm. you, you couldn't do it. I think and not feel something if you're out there in that wasteland. Uh, and, and it, it was, it was really um, a kind of a profound experience for me. It was really uh, kind of surprising that it, it hit me as hard as it did. Yeah. Aww. Hi, this is Bernie Coppell. I'm on On Screen and Beyond. This is Chaos with Don here. Now, Joe, was your intention to make a sequel when you first wrote and, and directed the first film? No, you know, I don't think it was my, it was, that was, I just wanted to make a a film back when we were doing Virgil Bliss. And, you know, Clint and I had been friends for a while. We, we were part of a, of a group, an acting group. Um, And we just, you know, we were watching movies and dreaming about, you know, making a movie and what kinds Mm -hmm. of movies we wanted to make. And, and at one point I discovered, and maybe it was Clint who, who introduced me to the, you know, John Cassavetes um, and, and, then, and then Mike Lee. And, and these films were really inspiring to me. Before that, I, I had been writing, you know, these grand, many, many millions of dollars, you know, uh, required um, uh, kinds of uh, high concept screenplays. And I started watching, you know, these Cassavetes films and, and Mike Lee films. And then this acting group that I was in with Clint, you know, I saw what you could accomplish with just a really strong performance and maybe a great story. Um, and, and I shifted my focus a little bit and, 
but it was really it was really just a desire to make a movie. I had no I had no thoughts beyond that. Um, but then, you know, people really responded well to Virgil Bliss and um, it did well yeah. in the festival circuit and won, some, won a bunch of awards and, and, and that sort of started things off. And, and over the years, you know, Clint and I co- continued to collaborate and make films together. Um, and Clint would say, you know, you know, we should, we should, we should consider, you know, doing a sequel to Virgil Bliss. And I never really took it too seriously and then um, uh, it just it was just sort of as the the pandemic was getting underway, and I was talking with Clint, um, and you know we were reflecting on uh, Clint put it great beautifully yesterday. You know, I think we just started reflecting on our mortality and and <laughs> and, 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 and acknowledging that you know like we weren't getting any younger and. Um, if we were going to do something together, you know, let's 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 just make a movie together. And and this this idea came up. So it really was, I guess you could say, just an organic kind of um, a, a process of of refinding or or you know finding our way back after a long journey um, to this character and this story that had had really meant a lot to us. So, but there was no intention at first. But once we decided to make this sequel. I knew that that then there there would have to be a third film as well. I just I don't know why in my head I I felt like structurally there there had to be there was going to be another. So we're 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 in the process of of plotting out the 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 third installment, final yeah. installment. Yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, the way it ended, you you got to. <laughs> you just can't stop there. <laughs> it's like what's next, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that was yeah, we're not so getting Virgil, any younger. <laughs> Virgil Bliss ends unintentionally in a kind of cliffhanger. It ends with with Virgil sitting down. Um, he's just he's just undone everything he set out to do at the, at, the, at the beginning of that film, and he's taking his first drink after twelve years of sobriety, and and it's like wow, now what? I, that was unintentional. That's just how that story ended. But I think we had in mind at the ending of of Bliss that we wanted so ne- we wanted the audience to have that kind of like and then what happens, you know, kind of um, uh, to feel satisfied and complete, but but also to want to know what what's going to happen next. Will there be another mm-hmm. sister in this one? <laughs> oh my god! Mm. A dress secret tripwig. Yeah. She's some, for some reason she's Australian. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh my wow, god! That's a good idea. Actually, <laughs> like, I'm there. Yeah, I'm ready. Now, Clint, compared to yeah. working on a film like this, and mm. in your other. Films and TV shows that you've worked on, like uh, This Is Us and Cougar Town and things like that. Is, is it more relaxed or is it, you know, how is it compared? Well, uh, it's a completely different universe. When you're working on a, a big budget movie, uh, everything is fairly stratified and segregated. So you you don't have a lot of um, time to rehearse. Uh, you don't, you kind of show, you're kind of like a session player in music. You show up, get your chart. You do your work, and then you, they put you, you know, immediately in a car and, and send you home, you know, because they don't want to pay you anymore. <laughs> so, get out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're like, they, they come in, and it's, it's, an, it's a very, very uh, huge uh, uh, place. You know, every, there are a lot of moving parts there. 
So you, you don't get the collaboration uh, and you don't get the time to collaborate, which I think is such, uh, th- to me, it, that's what makes uh, acting so um, fulfilling. Is, is It goes back to theater where, you know, when you do a play, you're going to rehearse for four weeks before you start the play. And so the cast, the director, the script, you all come together and you start to go through the scene and, and those scenes start to uh, percolate inside of you and you have time to think about them. You're driving in your car, you're thinking about what happened to this person that you're going to play. You're thinking about what is the meaning of, of, of their life, what the conflict is, what, what kind of problems are they being confronted with they're trying to overcome. And those are the things that to me are, are so profound in the acting experience because you're walking in somebody else's shoes. And then, of course, you're going to, you're going to play this for the audience so that you can tell their story. So for me, that process is oftentimes lost in a big-budget production because you get the script, you make your choices, and oftentimes, if you do it well, no one says anything to you, and they say, uh, great, see you later. <laughs> and you get to see your work. No, it's great, and you work with some wonderful incredibly talented people but the the process from start to finish um on a film our, our first movie like virgil bliss was driven entirely by the passion that we had for making movies mm-hmm. and telling stories and this was a group of us um that had done theater together uh and we actually met every week joe and i and our group and would write and rehearse and, and in Virgil Bliss, once Joe had written the script, the original Virgil Bliss, um, we actually rehearsed in his friend's, uh, art gallery. And we were, we were showing up every day rehearsing for hours. And so we didn't have a whole lot of money and resources, but we did have, uh, the, the time. And that was really important because on big budgets, you don't have the time. They don't give you the time that you've got to show up, do your thing and you're done. But on, in our case, uh, what we didn't have, you know, in in cold hard cash, we did have in time, and so we used that time to shape those characters and shape the story, and 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 we really didn't think of it as being what the budget was, with being a small production, a large production. We thought of it as a story that we were telling, and we were just as passionate, and everyone was that worked on that movie mm-hmm. uh, about telling it, and. And we didn't have a whole lot of, we were young. We didn't have a whole lot of regard for what would happen to it afterwards. We were, we were just involved in the process. We just love doing what we do. And And, for me, that's been the lesson. And people don't realize how difficult it is to get into a film festival. Never mind slam dance. Uh, It's not easy. I mean, it's not just, oh, I made it. Now call them up. Let us do it. It's not the way it happens. (laughs) It's got to be good. No. Yeah, no, I mean, I you really, speak to that. yeah, I mean, it's really a, you know, especially the way we do it, where, you know, you go out and you cobble together a bit of financing and you get favors and you get in-kind contributions and it's really, uh, it's really bare bones and you're just, it's, it's gambling. I mean, you're just rolling the dice that it's going to work out, that you won't be wiped out in in the production that you know, that, 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 that things will work out. You'll get through it and make something that's approximately what you wanted, what you had set out to make and that other people will respond. And that's the thing. That's really the wild card. You have no idea. Um, 
And, you know, if Slamdance had not, you know, I, I, this was an ideal situation because Virgil Bliss premiered at Slamdance in 2001. And I thought, how amazing wow. would it be to go back with this 23 years later? Um, and so it did work out, but it could very easily have, have not. I mean, I, I suspect that it would not have taken very much for another film to have been selected over us. Not, I mean, that's just how it's, it's really a razor thin process. Mm -hmm. The window is very, very narrow. So you're absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Brian, I just wanted to go back to something you had asked and then Clint had said, and just because it's an, I think it's an important thing to talk about. And that is that that difference between working on these bigger budget, you know, like working on on a, on a, ser a, a series, you know, mm -hmm. for Hulu or whatever, um, and then sort of the way we work, it is true. We we work. We have so we have so little in terms of material um, resources, but you've got. I think what the reason why we've been been successful in sort of making films that that seem to resonate with people is that we're able to to then take what we do have, like the time, like Clint's talking about the time or that scene that we're describing the, that burial scene in the desert. You know, if that were a big budget Hollywood movie, there's no way that whoever is playing Virgil is going to carry a body yeah. across the dead. That's not happening. There's no <laughs> way the actress is going to climb into that hole and get covered into That's not happening. Or that we could even shoot it in the sequence that we did where, where we we really we allow it allows Clint and Farrell to begin at the beginning, you know, getting in the car, driving out to the desert, pulling the body out, going out, digging the hole. But it, like that, really, that's got to mean a lot for an actor, as opposed to absolutely shooting, shooting scene seven first and then scene three and then break and then waiting two hours and, and having a break and, 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 you know, 45 people are standing around watching you. Like we were, we were, we were a very small crew. It was very intimate and we were able to shoot a lot in sequence. So those are the things that I think make a film like ours special is that it really, you really feel the power of that moment because of how we were able to make it. We were unfettered in how we, we made it because we don't have all the trappings of a, right. of a gigantic production. Yeah. Well, we've got to finish up. Uh, time is uh, running out. So I want to finish up with a real quick question here. Final question is, what do you, all three of you, enjoy when you sit back and relax, what's your favorite TV shows now and of the past, and what's your favorite movies now and of the past? Farrell, we're going to start with you. Oh, my gosh. I just started watching this English show called Slow Horses. Have you seen this? No. Oh, wow. It's Gary Oldman. That's all I'll say. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. It's great. All right. Clint? Uh, I, I think the last thing I actually watched was Station Eleven, and I really enjoyed the the story. I thought the performances were just really wonderful, and uh, and, and really liked it a lot. Yeah. And Joe, I, I am rewatching The Sopranos right now. Wow. I'm I'm in season five, <laughs> and um, I'm really enjoying it. One interesting thing: I saw The Sopranos completely back when it when it was first airing. And I'm in season five now, and I still have not had a moment where I'm like, oh, I remember this. So I had completely forgotten the entire series. 
Um, and for film, I re- I recently a couple nights ago rewatched The Friends of Eddie Coyle, and I ordered the Blu-ray on Criterion, and I'm like, that to me, that is that is an unbelievable movie. Yeah. Well, so. I want Joe, Clint, Farrell, I want to thank you all for joining me here at On Screen and Beyond. And people should uh, be sure to check out, if you're going to be at the uh, Slam Dance Film Festival on January 19th, check out Bliss. Thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, Brian. Thanks, Brian. And a big shout out going to Joe, Clint, and Farrell for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, they are, of course, Joe. Joe Maggio is the director of Bliss, and Clint Jordan is a co-writer and star of Bliss, and Farrell Amadeus is one of the stars and co-writer of Bliss. So uh, that is premiering at the Slamdance Film Festival. World premiere is happening on January 19th, and uh, it's, it's a good film. Be sure to check it out, and I thank them so much for joining us here at On Screen and Beyond. A lot of fun talking with them. And we are at the end of another episode of On Screen and Beyond, and if you are enjoying On Screen and Beyond, I hope that you will be going to your favorite podcast provider, whether it be Spotify or Apple or uh, iHeart or any of the other ones that are out there. There's so many that uh, we are on and a lot of people in Podbeam, you guys are listening and thank you so much for that. And everybody all around the world who's listening to On Screen to Be On, we thank you so much for, for doing that. And if you could do us a little favor and, you know, maybe leave us a five-star review, that would, that would be great. That would help us out. And also, if you would just share every time we post something, to let other people know about it. That helps us out too. Keeps us going and uh, keeps me going, I should say. You know, <laughs> I, try, I say we, you know, let's <laughs> see, me and myself and I, we're doing all the work. But uh, anyways, you know, thank you so much that you are listening and we appreciate it very much. So we are at the end of another episode and I hope that you're going to join us because we have, it seems like I've been doing uh a lot of interviews lately. It's just, you know, every other day I'm, I'm getting more and more people to come here at On Screen and Beyond. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of stuff that is, uh, you're going to have fun listening to uh, and I'll give you some uh, ideas of new movies that are coming out and uh, the, uh, some of the people that we're having, you know, have been in all kinds of movies. We got some big ones coming up and I uh, hope you'll keep listening to On Screen and Beyond. So until next time, when we once again take you on screen and beyond, I'm Brian Zemrak. Take care. <laughs>